0: Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Pastor Dwight Oswald, and our study today finds us in Matthew 24 and verse 36. And I've titled our study today, Two Phases to the Second Coming. In Matthew 24, 3, the disciples ask Jesus about the sign of his coming and the end of the age. The remainder of the chapter is the answer to this question. Jesus begins by connecting end-time sign events to the 70th week of Daniel prophecy, as seen in Matthew 24, 15. In Matthew 24, 4-35, Jesus is dealing with the 70th week of Daniel that climaxes in his return to the earth. But then, as we come to Matthew 24, 36, a great transition takes place. And unless one gets this transition right, what Jesus has to say will be misunderstood. And it is right here that I believe many of my dispensational brethren have messed up in a major way. They have failed to see the significance of this transition and therefore missed the essence of what Christ is saying in Matthew 24, verses 36-44. through The Jews to this day, as a people group, generally have failed to see the reality that the Messiah has two comings. A first coming, in which he would die for the sins of the world, and a second coming, in which he comes to reign. As those who have seen the truth of New Testament revelation, we see that God's plan involves two comings, which is in fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. However, in addition to the reality of two comings, there are also two different phases. To his second coming. The first phase relates essentially to the church and the second phase relates essentially to Israel. Both phases of Christ's second coming, both the first phase and the second phase, are both presented in Matthew 24. Jesus was the first one to present that there are two phases to his second coming and he does so with precision here in Matthew 24. This is why I call Matthew 24 the prophetic seed plot of the New Testament. The prophetic seed plot of the Old Testament is Daniel 9:24 through 27 The prophetic seed plot of the New Testament is Matthew 24. John F. Hart says, quote, I believe that Jesus was the one who first taught and explained the pre-tribulation rapture, and that he taught this in both discourse and and John 14, 1-3. Paul, John, and Peter, and perhaps James, have all gained many of their insights into the pre-tribulation rapture and day of the Lord from Jesus' teachings in the discourse. End of quote. We now come to Matthew 24, 36, which has a major transitional marker in place, which shifts the focus from the from phase 2 of the second coming to phase 1 of the second coming. It shifts from what can be known in relation to the tribulation period, the climaxes in Christ's second coming, to what cannot be known prior to his coming at the rapture. We read in Matthew 24, 36, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. The words translated here in the New King James as but of are two words in the Greek. Which are perideh. They are sometimes translated as now concerning or but concerning. This is consistently used in the New Testament as a transitional phrase. It consistently denotes a transition to a different but related subject. Perideh, this is a quote from Robert Thomas Perideh is a frequent device for introducing a change from one subject to another. A phase of the same subject or from one subject to another. Consistently it denotes a transition of one kind or another. Paul often uses this in his epistles. For example, in First Corinthians, as Paul is moving from one topic of correction to another, he consistently uses peride. as seen in First Corinthians 7:1 7, 7.25, 11 2, 12 1, 15 1, 16 1, 12 sold. Sound like an auctioneer, don't I? Notably, Paul uses this phrase in transitioning from his discussion of the rapture in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-18 to his discussion of the day of the Lord in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1-11. We have the same type of transition here in Matthew 24, 36. Only here, Christ is transitioning from talking about the day of the Lord to now addressing the time of the rapture. It is a related but different subject, namely the first phase of the second coming. To show you that a clear, distinctive transition is in view, note that Christ has just been emphasizing that they, the people living at that time, can know about the timing of his second coming to the earth. But now, after this transition, he emphasizes that they can't know about the timing of his coming. Well, that only makes sense if there are two different aspects to his second coming. When its branch puts forth leaves, you know it is near, verse 32. When you see all these things, know that it is near, verse 33. And then we have the transition, verse 36. And after the transition, but of that day and hour, no one knows. And they did not know, verse 39. Watch therefore, for you do not know, verse 42. If the master of the house had known, verse 43. If the son of man is coming at an hour, you do not expect, verse 44. How much more plain can it be? You cannot know and not know at the same time. This only makes sense if Christ is talking about two different aspects of his second coming. One aspect can be known when it is at hand, and one aspect cannot be known, <clears throat> because it comes as a total surprise. Only the pre-tribulation rapture really makes sense here. And the language of Perida is a clear linguistic marker that such a transition has taken place.